Welcome to the Wellness Hub Podcast with your hosts, Natalie and Emily. We hope to inspire families to nourish their body, mind, and spirit and become advocates for their own health. On the Wellness Hub, we'll be sharing resources to support you and your family on your health and wellness journey. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Wellness Hub podcast this morning. We have Emily with Emily Arrington Doula Services joining us today here in Lubbock. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to have you on here. Um, I get so many questions about doula services and, you know, what even is a doula? I feel like it's kind of a newer, um, it really isn't newer, but... Right at least in our area, it's just becoming more well-known and kind of um, popular. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of people are like, I don't know what you do. Explain that. So I'm glad to be here and talk about it a little bit. Yes, awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about your backstory? Kind of, um, was being a doula something that you wanted to do from the get-go or has your career changed? What does that look like? Yeah, so I moved here in 2010, um, right out of high school and I went to tech graduated from tech in 2014 with a media and communication degree um, and still didn't really know what I wanted to do with that. I was went back and forth a lot. I changed my major, I think, four times when I was in college. Um, and no, never anything around maternity, health, nothing ever like that. Um, no medical anything. Um, and then I got married right out of college too and still didn't really have like a clear set career path. I mm-hmm. did a bunch of different things. Um, and that was just kind of where I was at. And then I started having kids. <laughs> so it never really settled anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got pregnant with my oldest, um, she's about to be six. And um, that was the first time I had ever heard about a doula at all. Um, Covenant at the time was doing, they had an awesome doula program. Um, and so we were able to use doulas from there that they had approved and I had one of those and that was kind of my first experience with um, a doula and then um, that's kind of where where it started and I got uh, my certification I took my class last summer um, last August so it's just right about a year into this and then I was fully certified by April 30th of this year so it's brand new and it's been awesome yeah it's wild that I mean, because how old were you when you had your your first child? Let's see, 22? Yeah, Yeah, you would think that, like, by then, that's something that we would hear about. Yeah. And I look back at, like, me at 22, and um, that word would be completely foreign to me. Yes, yeah. So I I didn't know what it was, and I was really wanting a natural birth because that's what my mom did. My mom had both of us in a hospital without any kind of medication and no interventions. And that's what I wanted too. And I didn't have any idea what a birth center looked like or even a home birth looked like at the time. And so that wasn't even anything on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hadn't, I don't even know if I had heard the words birth center before. <laughs> um, and I definitely didn't know that that was something available to us. Um, and the doulas that were helping these hospital births, they were specifically for hospital births. So they weren't saying words to us like, oh, have you ever thought of using the birth center? Or have you ever thought of doing a home birth? Mm-hmm. They weren't saying things like that, which isn't wrong. Yeah, They were strictly doing hospital births. And so um, learning what they did and 
how they were going to help us as pregnant women in the hospital uh, was a really big change and a really big mind shift. And so with your, because um, you, do you have two or three kids? I have two girls. Two. Yeah. Oh, they're all uh-huh. six and just turned two. So yeah. awesome. And you had doulas with both? Right? Um, just the oldest. Just the oldest. So okay. the baby, I still call it a baby. She's not a baby anymore, <laughs> but she's my baby. <laughs> um, she was born right at the height of COVID. So everything shut down in March, as we all know. And yep. then I have her June the 9th. So it was one of those things we had started talking about looking for a doula. And then it was like, well, if we go to the hospital, they're not going to be allowed to be there. And of course, my husband wanted to be there. I wanted him there. Right. Um, so it wasn't an option to have a doula over him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really, really strict at the time. Um, of course, if you weren't going into the hospital, you may not realize that. But it was so locked down. Um, I no had a few. At all. <laughs> yeah, I had a few clients who had babies then. And they said it was just insane. Like there was even yeah. talk about not allowing your spouse in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know some people, I just talked to a girl the other day, she ended up being a C-section, um, but her husband didn't even get to go back at all. Um, he was like downstairs in a weird waiting area or something. So oh I'm really sad that dads didn't get to be a part of that. Um, of course now things are a little bit different, um, coming kind of on the other side of that. Dads are typically allowed unless it's an emergency situation. And even now I know They've let up a lot on the visitor side of it, too. So you can have, um, the other day at Covenant when I was there, I know it was, dad could be there. It was two support people and a doula. So we had dad, a midwife, and me in the room. And it was fine. So awesome. It works really well now. We've <laughs> kind of figured it out. Yeah. Thankfully, things are back to semi-normal. Yes. They're still not Whatever the same. Is, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as far as what a doula does, I feel like when I first was um, kind of explained just the term it was kind of talked about as a birth coach now is it um is that how you describe it is it someone who um like is able to coach you through and give the husband a break i've heard that also what what's um how does that work so kind of a combination of all of that plus a little bit more um so i've been trained to give physical emotional and informational support before during and after labor um so i kind of help you through the whole pregnancy really if you want me I've had people hire me from the get-go like literally two days after they found out they were pregnant all the way up to 39 weeks <laughs> so really you can pick a doula whenever you want um now if they're available that's a different story but we can really help with everything so what this kind of looks like on the physical side of things a lot of it is like what you're talking about like that physical support um maybe it's hip squeezes to help open your hips up maybe it's different positioning to help baby drop down better or get baby in a different position maybe they're kind of in there kind of wonky and we can do things from the outside without hurting mom without doing anything crazy to mom to help that baby move um so that's kind of the physical part of it just kind of in a nutshell it can also help with pain general discomfort we have different techniques that don't include medication that can help with those things um, and then, of course, emotional support. People don't realize, I mean, I think women, we realize, but a lot of people don't realize the emotional part of just the labor on its own. Um, your hormones are going crazy, and there's a lot of emotion that comes with that. People, if you're in the hospital, people are going in and out, in and out, asking tons of questions. And sometimes just that extra emotional support, knowing somebody is like, got your back, somebody's on your side, is really helpful in the labor process. 
and it helps move that along more smoothly. Mm -hmm. So we also do that. And then informational, and I kind of broke it informational down into three parts. So pre-labor, um, we talk about what are your wants and needs for your birth? Um, what options do you want for pain relief? Do you want a completely physiological birth where you don't use any medication? Do you want an epidural at a certain point? Where is that Where is that point for you? Because it's different for everybody. It's not cut or dry. I want a non-medicated birth completely. I want an epidural. It can be, but for a lot of women, it's kind of somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. um, and so we talk a lot about that. We basically make a birth plan for you. Um, and that I give you lots of information about Okay, if you want an epidural, here's what that looks like. If you completely are against having an episiotomy, this is what that looks like. Here's how we can avoid that if it comes to that. Um, so a lot of different choices that you have. You always have a choice in birth. You can always refuse something. You can always say no. Sometimes it's harder to say no. But if we already have a plan in place, we can work through that, and it's not quite so hard. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we start with that. And then the second part, of course, is during labor. Things always come up during labor. We don't know, even if you have planned this wonderful, beautiful home birth in the water, something is bound to come up sometimes. Sometimes it's by the book. But we always have to work through things in labor, whether it's the pain is a little bit worse than you thought or other kids are running around you like crazy. Like, what can we do to remedy some of these situations? Um, so that's kind of the second part of things that I help on the physical side of it. Um, and then the third part of that would be postpartum. Um, what resources do you need postpartum, whether it's breastfeeding support, um, maybe you've struggled with depression in the past and that's showing itself as postpartum depression, anxiety. Um, one that a lot of people don't know about or talk about is postpartum rage. Um, it's a real thing. It's a hard thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have resources to help people get through these things. Um, do you just need a mom support group? Do you need a parenting group? Does your husband need a support group? Um, being a new dad is hard too. We yep, kind of definitely. skim over that. Um, and then, of course, any kind of birth trauma you have. Um, we can get counseling. There's birth trauma groups. There's all kinds of things to help women and dads that have gone gone through birth and labor um, that might need some extra support in those areas. That's awesome. And so I've had multiple um, either clients or friends that – have gone through births that have felt like they didn't have a voice in there. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm trying to remember who had doulas and who didn't, but the ones that did have doulas said that like they were almost a liaison between the doctor and the midwife. And so, you know, when things get tough, um, they had, they were able to lean on that doula to like stick to that plan, make sure that the doctor was aware of what their goals were, um, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I do always type up a birth plan and um, I typically have that and if we're in the hospital I give it to the nurse or the charge nurse whoever checks us in and I just let them know like hey this is kind of our plan and we can talk through that together. Um, sometimes they're a little bit more receptive than other times and that's just kind of how it goes and that's okay. Um, we have to remember that people that are working in the hospital, nurses, doctors, they've been trained to be nurses and doctors. They haven't been trained on this physiological birth process that a lot of people are really kind of leaning towards now. Um, and that's okay, but we just have to be like, hey, we don't have to do X, Y, Z. Can we, and sometimes I just like say, hey, can we have 30 minutes to think about that? Or I'm not sure that she's ready for that. Can we, can we have a minute to talk about it? 
and they're always very gracious in letting us have that time to talk about it. Now, if, if an emergency comes up, we're going to know that and recognize that. Like, okay, this is an emergency, so we should probably, you know, go ahead with that C-section or, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe we shouldn't push this out any longer. You've been in labor a really long time. Um, but the, there's always room for discussion in these things. Um, but yeah, I work really closely with the nurses. Um, those are the people that are really there during labor. Mm-hmm. Doctors tend to come in right towards the end to catch that baby. And um, so I'm with the nurses a lot. And the midwives and I here in Lubbock have worked together quite a bit over the last year. And they're really, really wonderful. And if you're already plugged in with them, you're plugged into a great place. Uh-huh. Um, and they're just great about getting you whatever you need and want to make your birth your birth mm-hmm. and so you'll as like your um doula service you would do a home birth a birth center or a hospital yes so i've done all three now actually i just had my first home birth a couple weeks ago which was that's really incredible cool. yeah it was awesome um so i've done hospital births which i mean that's kind of the typical what you'd see i've done lots of birth center births and again like i said the birth center here is really wonderful and then um, I have done a home birth now, and that home birth was attended by the midwives from mm-hmm. the birth center. Um, and I hear a lot about this free birth, but I haven't experienced it yet, so I'm not really sure what exactly that looks like, but uh-huh. it's always an option. Yeah, I know the um, heartbeat is expanding. Yes, they I think they, they open in their new location in September. I believe I heard September the other day, yeah. Um, it's supposed to be bigger. There's going to be a third birth room, I believe, and they're going to have a classroom for their classes. They teach a great birth class. I actually help teach that from time to time, so that's been really fun. I get to meet a lot of these pregnant mamas, and it's just really cool. They're, they have a really good thing going. The birth center will be awesome. I know that during COVID, um, they had so many people switch when people weren't yep. able to have their spouses in. They like they didn't even think twice. They switched from a hospital birth to a birth center. Yep. And um, I actually knew a few people that did that, and they said that the experience was just like complete 180. And I know you can have great births in both places, um, but have you seen with one or the other like less intervention or you know yeah, the difference absolutely. between the two? So again, in hospitals, they're trained to do a hospital birth. Um, and what we kind of don't realize is birth is not one size fits all. Birth is different for every single woman. And we really need to be sensitive to that. And sometimes when you're trained as a hospital worker, whatever that looks like, you're trained to see this is how we do birth. This is how we do X, Y, Z. This is the order we go in. And it's just, it's not that for everybody. So in those birth center births, I see way less intervention. Um, I, most of the ones I've gone to have been no no intervention at all, really, because um, they don't they're not using a vacuum. If baby gets quote unquote stuck, mm-hmm. babies don't really get stuck. <laughs> um, I won't go into all that right now, but um, yeah, they they're not using the vacuum. They're not using forceps. They're not cutting episiotomies. I've never seen them do one. They can, I believe, but I've never seen one happen. So, mm-hmm. and really, when your body is allowed to do what your body was made to do, you're not going to need those things at all because um, your body can really do it whether whether you think so or not. Um, it's kind of letting go of that fear and letting go of all the things that the world and people are telling you, like, that sounds really painful, that sounds this, that sounds that. 
okay, yes, it is painful. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, you can do it without any pain, because that's probably not true, but um, you can do it in a way that allows your body to work the way it's designed to work, mm-hmm. um, and that keeps interventions away a lot of the time. Yeah, I think that um, another, it's funny, because I feel like my most of my friends right now are kind of in the having baby stages, and they've some people have done um birth center some people have done hospital but um like when it comes to due dates i feel like that is one thing that i i didn't realize until um, i had worked around um like the birth center and stuff like that where there's so many times that they want to induce and you know that you haven't given your body enough time to actually carry out what needs to happen yeah absolutely so due dates are really good guest dates we never really know unless you know the exact moment you ovulated then it's really hard to really put a pin on that date um and even if it is exactly right that doesn't mean that's the day your baby's gonna show up um so i actually had two hospital births two epidural hospital births <laughs> that so i've seen the other side of it personally which is interesting but i had a baby born induced my first was induced at 40 almost 41 weeks and then my second came at 38 and 5, um, and we were actually about to do another induction. And I'm so glad we didn't because thinking now, that induction was going to be at 39 weeks. I was healthy. Baby was healthy. She was growing fine. There was no reason for me to induce her early. And the fact that I even, now looking back, considered that, I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Like, she was totally fine in there. I was totally fine. Normal pregnancy discomforts right at the end, but nothing saying that we needed to get her out mm-hmm. other than convenience yeah and that's really not a good reason to induce so i'm really glad that she came on her own before that um but yeah i mean if we can keep people from inducing <laughs> just because of a date it's, right it's a good it's a good thing to do yeah and so um with your services I know you mentioned um, like meeting with mom beforehand can you yeah. like if someone were to sign up with you can you just kind of go into detail about what that would um, entail. Yes. So typically someone will call or text or Instagram DM, whatever, and say, hey, I think I need a doula. And I'll say, it'd be great. And so we'll usually go grab coffee or have lunch or something like that. And um, I'll pull them up to the office and we'll just chat about kind of what they're wanting and see if I'm a good fit for them. Um, There's lots of good doulas here. We're actually really blessed to have as many as we do. And they're all trained really well. All the ones I've met have been wonderful. Um, And so I like to tell them, like, if you're not sure, like, interview another one and see if that's a better fit. Um, Just so you have kind of a good idea of what each one can do for you. Um, And if it's a good personality fit. Because you don't want somebody in the room with you that you're not, your personality is not meshing. Um, Whoever decides to hire me, it's always a really big honor for me to get to be there. Um, and really special, so I want them to feel as comfortable as I am in that space. So we have that first initial meeting, and then I I usually follow up within a couple of days and check on them and see, like, hey, are you still wanting to do this? Um, and they let me know. And then from there, we do two initial meetings. Um, I do one, depending on when in the pregnancy they hired me. Um, if it's super late, we usually just do one of these meetings, but if it's earlier, I'll do two. Um, the first one, we talk about your birth plan, your wants, your wishes for your birth, um, different techniques we can do to help you, you know, for pain, for comfort, any of those kinds of things we talk through at that first meeting. 
Um, the second one, we talk more about, okay, this is the birth plan that we made. Are you still comfortable with all of this? Has anything changed? Um, how's your pregnancy going? Baby's still healthy growing. Mom's still healthy, comfortable. Um, we talk through all of those things. And then we talk about um, natural induction once it's getting closer to that 40-week mark. Um, you know, what can we do to help baby get in the best position possible so when labor does come, we're ready for it. Um, and so we do a lot of that. And then I walk through spinning babies with them, which if you don't know what spinning babies I was just going to ask you if you did spinning babies. So Love we that. just had a spinning babies conference here a couple of weeks ago. And so I went to, got to go to that one. Um, and it's really, really awesome. I actually learned some of the spinning babies things just by watching the midwives. Mm -hmm. They use it here a lot. Um, but really getting in the class and learning it and being able to do it with my clients has been really cool. Um, so we practice spinning babies, um, just again, getting baby in that good position. And then, um, that's kind of it until I do go to an appointment, whether mm -hmm. it's with an OB or the midwives, I like to join for an appointment somewhere between like 25 and 38 at the latest weeks. Um, just so we can kind of be like, this is our birth team. And if we do have the birth plan in place already, talk to the OBs or the midwives, whoever it is. Um, and just, especially with the OBs, cause they know, they don't know me from Adam. And so walking into a room to deliver a baby and being like, oh, there's this lady here. Um, it's just kind of good to get to meet them and make that connection. Um, and it makes for a better birth for mom too, that everybody knows each other. We're all on the same team. We all want the same outcome. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's really good. So I do an appointment and then, um, really just stay in contact via text or phone calls up until birth and then. Once they are in labor, I go either, if they're going straight to the hospital, we do that. Um, if they're going to labor at home for a while, I can meet them at their house, labor with them there. Um, a lot of people, especially first-time moms or first-time non-hospital births, which I have seen a lot of lately, um, people that have two and three and four and five babies in the hospital and then decide, eh, this one I want to do differently. So um, they're nervous about when do I go? When do I leave my house? Like, I'm not sure I'm going to know. So I can help them figure that out as we go to. Um, so we leave at home for a little bit or wherever we're at and go to either the birth center or the hospital. I stay with them through the whole labor, um, birth, and then usually about an hour to two hours afterwards um, because I can help initiate that first breastfeeding. Um, once And once we get that going, I'm not breastfeeding a breastfeeding counselor mm -hmm. um, but I can help with that first latch and make sure mom's comfortable baby's comfortable um, we know how to kind of do all of that breastfeeding type stuff and if you do need extra support I've got those um, resources for them um, just in my back pocket so. that is so great I think that you touched a little bit on it earlier about just kind of like the fear around um just pregnancy in general pregnancy and birth and i don't know if that is i mean a lot of it is like media driven you know okay. um for sure yeah. but with a solid support team um i've just seen like through friends or clients having that consistent like solid support team that's all on the same page um has just had such better outcomes yeah Absolutely. In all, in pregnancy and birth, because I, I think that things come up in pregnancy, too, where, um, I mean, you would be a great resource to, to contact for that, too. Yeah, so talking about the media, my whole degree is in media, so that's kind of like my home base, and so it's funny, because now looking at 
the media, whether it's the news or think about the movies and TV shows we watch. Friends is like my go-to show. Okay, they have lots of babies and friends. Um, Rachel's having a baby and <laughs> she's in the hospital and like six different women come in and out while she's trying to have the one baby. Uh-huh. And all these women are having their babies and it's fast and poor Rachel's like laying in the bed like, this is so painful. She's screaming. She like headbutts Ross in the process of all of this. And it's comical, but that's what the media shows us is birth. Painful, you're laying on your back the whole time. Um, baby's not coming as fast as you want them to come. And yes, those things happen, but they're not that dramatic. They're not. And they don't, they don't have, have to. to be, right. Yeah. yeah. They don't have to be at all. Um, and then if you think about movies, everybody is, when baby's coming out, they're pushing so hard, their face is blood red, they are screaming, and yes, there's screaming involved sometimes, but it's not the dramatic movie scene screaming. Yes. When your water breaks, it's not always a huge gush all over the restaurant floor. Like it can just be like a little bit and it's still your water breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kinds of things, I think they do put fear and like confusion into people's minds, like what birth and labor looks like. Mm-hmm. And so kind of fighting some of that stigma is kind of part of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, just really educating people is a huge part of my job. Um, educating them on what their birth and labor can look like. Um, it doesn't have to be this crazy big to do. Mm-hmm. It is a big deal. Yeah. I'm not undermining that, but what the media shows us isn't always isn't always true. Yeah, for a lot of things, not just yeah. for <laughs> we could we could have a whole nother podcast about that one. Um, but yeah, I think that um that I mean, God designed our bodies to do this. And I like, I feel like that is taken out a lot of the time. Like that's never even addressed that, that women's bodies are made to do this. And so they, they, we, we were talking with, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember who we had on here for that conversation, but it was like pregnant women were looked at as like being disabled. Mm -hmm. Like it was like a, you know, a scary thing Mm -hmm. where like you shouldn't exercise and all these things. And it's, Like, that's not the case. No, not at all. Yeah, we, a lot of times around pregnant women, especially, it's so funny, like, the older generations, they're like, oh, let me pick that up for you. Oh, let me do this. And yes, things as you get more pregnant get harder, but you can still do things. You can still go for walks. Some women can still run Mm -hmm. um, if you're into running previously. Um, Of course, always with the advice from your midwife or your doctor, whoever's taking care of you. But... There's not a problem with being pregnant, typically. The typical pregnancy is not going to be high risk. There's not going to be a lot of issues. Um, again, things always pop up, but I think I've done 10, 10 births in the last year, I want to say. And of those 10, we've had one emergency. So, and even then, it was kind of a rarity in that one. So, I really think that the average woman can have a really comfortable and easy pregnancy mm-hmm. without all these crazy oh my gosh this is yeah. gonna happen and this is gonna happen or intervention no and... intervention yeah um we can keep it pretty simple which is nice yeah and we just have to know that our bodies can do it and we were the lord did make our bodies really really credible um and that's the other thing that i see like all these phys- physiological births um birth and birth home home births um, the healing process is way easier and faster and better 
than a birth that has come out of a hospital where you've been you pushed on your back um, with your legs spread as far apart as they can get them because mm-hmm. um, that's stretching all those muscles. So you're more likely to tear. You're more likely to need an episiotomy. Um, you're going to be really sore. Um, and it's harder to heal that. Whereas if you can push the way you feel like you need to push and the position you feel, because in the moment, your body and your brain do something where you know where you need to be most of the time. Sometimes you need that direction. That's kind of where I come in. Like, hey, let's try this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put your knees together and your feet apart. Try pushing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really going to open your pelvis up a little bit. Um, different tools and tricks like that, where I come in to help with that, really, in the end, make for an easier birth and a way easier healing process. Because that's what our bodies are made to do. We just have to allow them to do it. Yeah. And so... With, like, a birth team, I know we mentioned, um, like, the midwife or the OB, but who else do you work, like, pretty close in contact with? So, um, yeah, typically the midwives at the birth center, obviously, and then the nurses, those are, like, my two people that I go to with either questions or saying, like, hey, this mom's having trouble with whatever it is. Um, is it, are you okay? Are you comfortable if I try this? Do you think it's a good idea to try this? And sometimes I just like to bounce ideas off of them. Um, just to make sure mom's staying safe, baby's staying safe. Um, because doulas don't do the medical training side of it. I'm not going to listen to baby's heart tones. I'm not checking mom's blood pressure. Um, so with the midwives, it's like, hey, I want to try this position, but after we do this, can you come and make sure baby's still handling everything well? Um, and of course they're always open to coming and doing that. because uh, they have, again, the same goals that we do. And same with the nurses. They're usually really wonderful about being like, yeah, let's try that. And we'll check baby afterwards and make sure everything is still, baby's heart rate's good, we're not getting any T-cells, things like that. Um, What about lactation consultants or pelvic floor PTs, anything like that? So I do work really closely with um, Kelly Barnes. She's a lactation consultant. Yeah, we had her on here. She's so sweet. We actually share an office, which is really fun. Um, So we've gotten to do things together. So I definitely am referring people to her um, before and after. they can do before consultation with her. So especially if you're a first time mom, breastfeeding is natural, yes, but it does take like some work and some practice, which you can't really do until your baby's here. But it's good to kind of talk to somebody beforehand that can give you tips and tricks to try. So when you do get home with your baby, you have that. So yeah, I work closely with Kelly. And then um, I also work closely with Dr. Elizabeth at Global Health Chiropractic um and getting mom seen before baby because chiropractic care is really good in getting that baby in a good position and again keeping mom comfortable throughout the rest of the pregnancy and then getting baby in before um, or after they're born um that way they can get adjusted and breastfeeding comes easier sleeping is easier baby's more comfortable because babies go through a lot coming down the birth canal through the pelvis it's a lot of work for them too and so sometimes they're twisted funny in there or they've been sitting all curled up inside you for nine, ten months. And so getting them adjusted so they can breastfeed easier is a really good trick and tool that the chiropractors use. And we have a lot of good chiropractors here in town too, which is really nice. So if you're already in with them, most likely they get baby in too. That was something that was very new to me when I first moved here. And we had, um, like, I had seen babies come in that had, like, digestive issues. And they did an adjustment to help yeah. with that or... Um, yeah, breastfeeding was a huge, or latching if they were using a bottle, but, um, also, you know, it doesn't always have to be breastfeeding, but yeah, that latching, it was, 
you know, their neck might have been tweaked a certain way right. and it, it takes one adjustment to, to yeah. get them like back into rhythm, which is, is wild. It is wild. And wow. it's, again, that's another, like, I feel like lack of education. I feel like there is, there is fear behind like getting adjusted when you're pregnant. And obviously you want to go to someone who's certified and who, um, knows, you know, what they're doing and can take care of you and your baby. But that is just a tool that I had seen through. Cause you know, I'd, I'd seen moms come in, um, pre-pregnancy and then during and post and the difference, you know, it might've been their first time getting adjusted and they were like, man, this is completely different, like less pain, less pressure, um, all of those things. But, um, bringing your baby in that there's so much fear with that too. Yeah. It's not big cracks and pops. Like you picture it like in the movies, it's not that with the baby. It's really gentle. Um, I've seen babies sleep through them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you just get on Instagram and look up like pediatric chiropractors, you can see all kinds of videos and things. Um, they're not with like turning baby's neck really fast or anything like that. Um, it's just really gentle and it doesn't hurt them at all. It's wonderful because it really is helpful. I've just recently gotten both of my girls in with the chiropractor and I've seen major changes in them and they're almost six and two. Like mm-hmm. they're bigger kids and it's been right. a world of difference at our house. Yeah, not just newborns. I know um, like especially when they hit certain milestones or when they start, you know, after they start crawling, they can you know, be dragging a leg. Yeah. Teething is a huge one. Ear infections. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that you guys can work so like cohesively with each other because it's been really fun. There's so many different tools. What I do, I get to learn what they do. And so it's been really cool to have those connections and kind of a like-minded group of people that, you know, what do you think about this? Or I have a mom, this is going on. And they can help with those things and like give me suggestions to give them or you know we can get them seen and it's been really cool to kind of be part of this holistic community because this is not how i grew up at all it was you have a sore throat let's go get to the doctor let's get a medication oh your ear hurts like let's go get a medication for that oh your head hurts let's get a medication and it's just constant medication 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 which i've learned so much in just even the last 12 months like of how we can go about doing things a little bit differently and difference not bad. Right. And at least try this first before we jump to conclusions to something else. Mm-hmm. So it's been cool to learn and help my own family with that. Yeah, I feel like um, people our age, that is just a very common way to have grown up because yeah. it was so popular. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was so easy to just go get on an antibiotic. And it still is um, easy now, but I've, I've seen that shift within the industry here and and other places back in California where I'm from, um, where even conventional doctors um, have incorporated some sort of, I mean, I don't think that like taking probiotics when you take an antibiotic is alternative, but to a lot of people right. it is. It's a big, yeah. yeah, but um, you know, I feel like those um, just little things like that, people are finally realizing like why work against our body when we can work with it. Um, and I think that goes for birth and all of that too. Yeah, exactly. So if that's one of the things I kind of coach my moms on is like, ride this wave of this contraction, like work with your body, let your body move your baby down, open your body up. And when I'm saying those things, it probably doesn't make sense to the average person, but we talk about open your jaw, work with your body to like open all these muscles from your face, forehead all the way down to your toes. Just relax into every single muscle and it'll help 
your body open up and that's what we want so we have babies and i think that people don't or they don't realize or they just forget that everything's connected like mm-hmm. fascia lines really? like all the muscles in your body yes i learned about that in spinning babies i didn't know what that was anatomy and physiology it's not really my wheelhouse so i'm just having to like really learn yeah but i was learning about that and it's wild but now i can do things to help your muscles do what they're supposed to do and relax so your body can have a baby um but yeah that's my baby's class taught us all about those things (laughs) i'm so glad you guys you guys do that that's so great and so um what do you personally bring to a birth so as far as physical items um i bring um what's called a rebozo it's like a basically a big scarf um and it just helps with different positioning um helping mom be as comfortable as possible and getting baby to move down um i've got massage rollers essential oils that i bring i always keep peppermint um if you're doing a physiological birth and even if you're not really nausea is one of the things i see a lot um so that peppermint really helps with the nausea um sometimes moms will request different things or they'll bring their own um like lavender, stress away is a really good one from Young Living that I love. Um, one mom really liked citrus, so we had orange and I think tangerine on hand. Um, so different oils, whatever, whatever we think we might need, I keep a little bag of that. Um, honey sticks are really good for longer labors, um, so I always keep those for moms. Um, they can just pop those open. It's a really good, just like a little burst of energy, a little bit of sugar, get your blood sugar balanced if you haven't eaten in a while. Um, I know eating is very taboo during labor. <laughs> People are, as soon as you get to the hospital, they usually tell you no drinking, no eating. Mm-hmm. Which is insane to me. <laughs> it really is because your body is, it's a marathon. Labor yeah, It's marathon. an athletic event. So if you think if you're getting ready to run a marathon, are you going to starve yourself? No, you're not. Are you going to dehydrate yourself? Absolutely not. So if we think of labor that way, you want to be eating something, even if it's like peanuts or something with a little bit of protein. It doesn't have to be a safe dinner, mm-hmm. but something that you can kind of snack on, keep your energy levels up, will really make a big difference in labor. Um, sips of water, you don't need to be chugging a gallon of water while you're in labor. You'll probably not sit well. <laughs> Just, right. But those sips of water or Gatorade or um, liquid IV is a really popular one right now to get some electrolytes back in your system are really helpful in labor. Um, so that's another thing I keep is liquid IV packets. Um, they keep, they have those like food and drink stations on a marathon for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yet during labor, you're supposed to starve yourself. And some people's labor is 36 hours. I just did a 36 hour one the other day. Like she ate during that time. Let me just tell you, she had breakfast, um, lunch, a snack, snack in the evening, another breakfast before we had a baby. So, I mean, she she was eating during that time and she should have been, I wasn't going to let her starve herself because then she has no energy at the end Mm -hmm. to get that baby out. So, um, yeah, it's important. And I think some doctors are okay with you having a little bit of water here and there. Really where that comes from is long ago when c-sections were becoming more prevalent they would completely knock you out for a c-section it wasn't just an epidural or a spinal it was you were asleep for your c-section and there is the risk when they knock you out of um, you choking or 
you know, not being able to breathe correctly and they don't want you choking on food that's come up. Um, so, but now they don't knock you out for a C-section typically. Um, sometimes for extreme emergent, they might, um, but the average, the average one, it's not going to be knocked out for that. So that's not as big of a risk as we once thought. Um, but they're still living on the old school by the book. Uh-huh. That's not really, not really accurate anymore. Um, so we just need to be an advocate for a change in that area. Um, and I feel like even if they let you just have water a little bit here and there, that's a win for me in hospital. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Was there anything else that you brought? They can have, um, like affirmation cards or music yes. or stuff like that. Yeah. So I always have, um, a couple of playlists that I like. One we call the Hobby Lobby playlist. Um, so it's just a little bit of instrumental. Um, a client actually showed me a really good playlist the other day. I listened to it in my car and stuff. So I have those. I talk with mom and dad about what kind of music do y'all like? What's relaxing? Um, and we put that in the birth plan. Um, and sometimes they make their own, so they have them ready, but I always keep a couple. Um, I've got one that's just like, I think it's called like yoga bowls or something. Um, so just like those waves, um, the little yoga gong. I'm sure you know what they're called, the <laughs> yes. bowls and things. Um, like meditation type yes. music. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got some of that. And then, um, what else? You mentioned something else. The affirmation cards yes, or something I've got like that. a whole stack of affirmation cards. I typically um, let them go through them before and they kind of pick out theirs and I stick those in their folder so I make sure to bring those. I also give moms a whole list, I think it's like three pages of affirmations that they can be reading over before their labor. Um, that way they just kind of have them in the back of their mind. Like, I am strong. I can do this. Because you can. You can do any any of this. Um, it's not you have to be crunchy to have a physiological birth. Like, you can do this. Um, so a lot of really good affirmations just to have in the back of their mind that they already know. And they've already read over several times. Um, so it is that internal um, voice while you're in labor. And I think that helps with the husbands too. Because, you know, I feel like sometimes they don't feel as involved maybe, right. you know, yeah. and they can, they can be a part of that. Yeah. So I always try to make sure dad's as involved as he wants to be. Um, some moms, I've had a mom before. One of my very first moms actually was like, I don't want him to touch me. I don't want him to talk to me. I just want him there. And I was like, okay, great. So I did all the hip compressions. I did all the counter pressure. Um, I did all the affirming here in birth. Um, and dad sat there, he held her hand, and it was fine. That's exactly what she wanted. But some dads are like, can you teach me how to do those? Absolutely. I'm going to teach you how to do the hip compressions, the counter pressure, whatever he wants to know how to do, I'm going to teach him how to do it. That way, if labor is super long, I can do it for a while. He can do it for a while. We can trade back and forth. Um, if he wants to take a nap, he knows I've got it under control. If I need to step out to get lunch, he, I know he's got it. And Mom's still safe. She's still comfortable, and we can just kind of work together as a team. So that would be something you would teach beforehand, like in oh, the yeah. appointment before. Oh yeah, absolutely. I always want Dad to be at least at, at least one of my visits, um, just so I can get to know him. Because he and I are the ones that are like working together, and he knows his wife the best. Um, but he and I can kind of get a good sense of each other and how we work, and um, I can show him what he needs to know. And if he has questions or concerns, we of course talk through those too. Um, it's not just about mom. Yeah, mom's the most important, but dad needs to be involved too if he wants to. Absolutely. What if you had two moms 
at the same time. Has that ever happened? It or? hasn't happened yet. So I try to space my calendar out where I don't have a bunch of moms right to with due dates super close. Um, but it can happen still. You can have one mom go super late. She goes to 41 and one mom deliver at 38. Mm-hmm. So that would put them together. Um, I have an amazing backup doula and I'm super picky about who I choose to back up for me. Um, but she's wonderful. She's been with the midwives a lot too. She's been in the hospitals a lot. So she has a good, good sense of both. Um, and so we just kind of work together. Um, I've shouted for her. She's shouted for me. That way we can see how the other person works. And so when I bring her in, um, to back up for me with a client, I know they're in good hands. I know she's going to do things close to how I would do them. And I always let my clients know like, Hey, I might have a birth close to yours. So this is who my backup is. If that's what you want. And I always give them the choice too. If they're not comfortable with having somebody else that hasn't been to all their prenatal visits and, um, done the meetings then that's their choice. I'm not going to force her on them, but I have her there as needed. Good. I feel like that, um, the birth center had some that, um, I mean, they had, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but, um, births that were all happening at the same time. And so that, that's kind of where that question came from. I was like, what would happen in in that case? I had one back in May, um, a birth and we knew it was, it was coming. So went to bed that night, got up about, she called me at four um, and they live 45 minutes from here. And I was like, okay, meet me. I'll meet you there. And at four forty-three, we pulled up and, um, she was in very active labor. We were having a baby soon. Um, and we walk into the birth center and of course the lights are on, they know we're coming. And I walk in and I'm like, Hey, we're here. And one of the midwives runs out of the back and she's like, we're having twins back there. Are y'all going to be okay for a while? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so thankfully I had been there many times before and I knew how to get the tub going, what temperature it needed to be at, all those things where the towels were, stuff uh-huh. like that. Um, so I could get mom comfortable and moving along while they delivered twins in the next room. And they had four babies that day. So there was oh one gosh. and then my mom and then one more that afternoon. So that was a crazy day. They have that quite often there now, which is really kind of cool to see um, mm-hmm. how much it's grown and how much people are leaning towards that way of birthing. Um, but yeah, it, it can happen, but that's why we have it's all in control. And I can just tell like how passionate you are about, um, just birth in general and being a support and, um, teammate for moms. What is your favorite thing about your job? So I do love my job. This was never in the plan. Um, this is not what I thought I was going to be doing when I was 30 at all. Um, but there's just so many things. Watching moms deliver a baby and then say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Like, that is, like, it brings tears to my eyes even just thinking about it because it's so sweet. Um, cause even if you are prepared and you do all the classes and you watch all the videos and do all the things leading up to this. Sometimes there's still just that little bit like, can I do this? Is my body going to be able to deliver this baby on its own? Um, especially if you've heard words like, you have a big baby, you have a small pelvis, you mm-hmm. have this. It puts a lot of doubt in your mind. Um, but that doesn't always necessarily mean anything. So watching them do something that they even didn't really expect to be able to do is really cool. And it's super rewarding to get to watch. Um, that part of their birth. That's awesome. I love that. Is there any 
crazy story that you've had that you'd be up for oh for sharing so i have say it was crazy it was very very fast um so this was one of my very first once she called me at 7 30 on a Saturday morning and I was like it was her second baby so typically typically not always second third fourth babies come a little bit a little bit quicker your body now knows what it's doing it's been in labor before um so she called at 7 30 was like hey I'm in labor um still doing fine having contractions and I was like okay when would you like me to come she's like just get here as soon as you can cool so I get up get dressed I get there about 8 30 um and by the time I get there she and she was doing awesome. I mean, she's working through the contractions on her own. She's breathing really, really well. Um, she's still talking in between the contractions, so she's getting a little bit of a break. Um, I was there about 10 minutes, and she's like, we need to go now. So we get in the car. We go to the birth center. Um, so that was about 9.15 or so. We had a baby by 10.30. So just super, super quick. It doesn't always go that way, but that one was really fast. Uh -huh. um, so that one was kind of fun just because it was so quick and... I mean, yeah, different from really other cool. ones. Yeah, um, I've had a few 24 hour, 36 hour births, which get long, but also really rewarding at the end because it's like we did all this work and now we have this awesome little human. Mm -hmm. So cute and sweet. And so those are cool, um, tiring, but just long, <laughs> um, but really good. And then my, I hate to say favorite, I hate to pick favorite, but the home birth I just did was really cool. Um, just because a home birth is even so different than a birth center, it's so intimate, and a birth center birth can be really intimate, just because it's not bright lights, nurses running in and out every 10 minutes type of birth, um, but the home birth is really just quiet, it's peaceful, you're in your own element, which helps your body relax even more, mm -hmm. um, which is really nice, so that one is, was really cool to watch too. And so how many, um, or like what percentage of the births that you have done um, have been hospital and because you've only had one home birth, right? One home birth. So yeah. hospital or um, birth center. Um, so of the 10, I'll count the home birth as a, as a birth center because mm -hmm. the midwives are there. So of the 10, two of them have been hospitals. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's been really cool. It's kind of the opposite of what I thought was going to happen. Um, but I love the birth center so much. It's kind of been a blessing for me because I love being there and the midwives are, again, incredible. Um, but there's nothing wrong with a hospital. Right. I have two babies in the hospital. Yeah. Both times. Um, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with a hospital yeah. birth. And you can have a natural one at a hospital if you wanted you to. You can, yeah. And that's one of the things that I teach people. If you're wanting a natural birth, but you want, maybe the hospital is like security for you. Mm -hmm. and Or maybe you had a rough birth before and you just want extra security and to you that's a hospital um we talk about how to advocate for yourself and um when they come in and they're like hey we're going to do this whatever this is i don't know but um you can always ask can i have more time to think about that or i'm not really sure if your baby's fine and you're fine safe healthy everybody's healthy there's no reason that you can't ask for time to think about the choices that they're wanting to make because um, it's really your choice your body that's so great. I just love like the whole team aspect getting into just starting this podcast with Emily. Um, I feel like we've met so many different people that all have the same goals. They want to serve people. They, um, you know, they want to work as a team and know that 
you know, there are all of these resources, especially in Lubbock. Who would have thought that there would have been a birth center in Lubbock and, um, or the amount of doulas um, there are, whether that's in a hospital or um, at the birth center, but just having like that same common goal and um, yeah, being able to be on, even though we're, you know, we don't share an office, but we can be a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that, that our community fosters that and it's just so fun. So I'll leave you with one last question. Okay. Uh, we always end with what legacy um, would you like to leave behind? Yes. So I want moms to know that they can do it, whatever it looks like. Because again, it's not one size fits all. Like it's different for everybody. But I want them to know when I walk away, I want them to feel empowered to make decisions, um, empowered to do it how they feel comfortable doing it. Um, what's right for their family and for their baby. Um, Even if people around you are like, well, that's weird. That's not how I did it. That's not how your grandmother did it. Um, I bet you get that a lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, because even me in my own life story, like, I wanted to do it how my mom did it. And that was not how it turned out for me, but that's okay. Um, There's nothing weird about doing it how somebody else may not. Like, that's not weird just because it's different. Mm -hmm. Um, But we hear that a lot, like, oh, they gave birth in the water? It's so weird. Actually, it's not weird at all. It's really cool. (laughs) Um, And really helpful, too, which is a whole other (laughs) thing. But, um, and then, yeah, just really feeling empowered to speak up for themselves um, when they're put in maybe a situation where they have to make decisions. You can make informed decisions and make the right ones for you. Um, And I want them to really feel that um, and be able to give birth how their body was made to give birth. That's so great. I know that um, I really just, I value the education so much. Like when we're talking about you educating um, before, during, and after pregnancy, I just feel like there's a lack of, no matter what health topic we've discussed on this podcast, there has been a lack of education with all of them. Um, and whether that's like media driven or that's just there aren't the resources um, for it. Well, some people just don't know where to look. Exactly. And so that is a big part of my job. Like, hey, I think I might want an epidural, but I'm not really sure. Okay, let's look at the pros and cons to getting an epidural and why you might want one versus why you might not. And then they get to make the decision. I'm never going to push somebody to get an epidural or not get an epidural. It's totally your choice. But here's the information for you. Yep. And Google can be such a black hole. Like it is. it's, <laughs> it's, you need professionals who know what they're talking about and have been there and understand it right. to lay out those options for you. And then you're right. You, I do the same thing with nutrition. It's like, you know, I can give you those tools and you get to make that choice. Um, whether you utilize whatever certain ones or maybe, you know, something that you bring up isn't right for where they are in their season of life with their family, whether that's financially or they just aren't ready for it. Um, but yeah, you're able to to hold their hand and walk with them and support them in that. And that's just so, so exciting. And so if somebody wanted to contact you, what's the best way, website, um, Instagram? Yes, so I have an Instagram page I've worked on for like a year. So you can find me there. It's um, at doula.emilyerr. So E-M-I-L- love all your reels. Kind of jealous that I have not put <laughs> enough into my own. You're so funny. I don't love doing reels, but you're good at them. Thank you. <laughs> That's so nice of you to say. Um, I don't love it, but it's kind of fun, I guess. I don't know. 
Um, it's supposed to help you get seen. I don't really know if it works or not, but we'll see. Um, and then I do have a Facebook page. There's not as much info on there yet. Um, it's newer. Um, it's just Emily Arrington Doula Services on Facebook. And then um, my website launches today. So you're the first one to hear about it. Um, and it's just emilyarrington.com. Um, and Arrington is with an E. So Emily and then E-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. Awesome. And that'll have like a contact form or something yep. or at least your info. There is a contact form on my um, website. And then... Um, course on instagram you can send me a dm um i believe my phone number's on the website it should be um and then um or an email whatever however carrier pigeon i don't know <laughs> they're all on there. perfect well thank you so much this has been such an awesome conversation and so educational um and informational for all our listeners yeah, so thanks so much for we'll have you back it. and maybe do another topic um birth related that's a little bit more specific i think that'd yeah, be fun down that. the road that sounds awesome Thank awesome. You we'll have a great day, everybody. Bye.